You're listening to the Siani Podcast, opening up dialogue surrounding the key issues in sustainable agriculture and food. So you're listening to the Siani Podcast with me, Sunil. And me, David. And me, Carl. Carl is our guest today, and he's a dear friend of ours who is uh, experienced with dumpster diving. And both Sunil and I are members of the Siani team. So yeah, so today we're going to be speaking about dumpster diving. So Carl has done a bit of dumpster diving, right? Yeah, yeah. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it's, it's basically uh, diving into dumpsters, taking food that grocery stores would otherwise just throw away. It's not really bad. Mm-hmm. It's just gone past its expiry date or it's a little bit deformed in some way, but it's still, you know, very good food and um, eating it. Is it safe? Yeah, like every now and again, people get might get mad or you might get some bad food, but like our bodies are made to be able to identify bad food through smell and taste and whatnot. So it, it's not really dangerous. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure right now we're, we're eating probably the healthiest food. <laughs> maybe like 50 years ago, things didn't really have best before dates. Oh. So mm. maybe that's maybe the crux of the problem, these, the idea of best before dates. Yeah, yeah. And like perfectionism, cucumber is a little bit too crooked or uh, mm-hmm. a banana is not crooked enough. They'll <laughs> just bin it. And it's, um, you know, in a world where we're spending, uh, we're consuming way too many resources of all different kinds. And in a world where people are starving, it's, it's crazy that not more people are doing dumpster diving, I think. So is all the food that you collect from dumpster diving, has it expired or is it only food products or... Um, what, what can you find in dumpsters? You can find um, it's food that's um, either gone bad or they, they think it's gone bad uh, or deformed food or sometimes it's just food that they um, they bought too much of it and they couldn't sell it all and they have no space for it so they just bin it. Wow, that's terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes they, they sell that food to um, these um, special grocery stores that buy instead of throwing things away the certain food stores just buy buys that food for uh, for a very low fee Mm -hmm. so that's kind of a that's what i did before i started dumpster diving i just bought food at those places because then they'll have really cheap food that's um you know not as popular as most food but it's it's still really good is any food that you wouldn't dumpster dive I'm, i'm very like because I'm a bit, I'm a bit um, hesitant to dumpster dive meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. It's uh, also I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a vegan, but uh, okay. but yeah, I wouldn't dumpster dive meat. I don't think mm-hmm. maybe because it's also like with fruits and ve- fruits and vegetables, it's pretty easy to spot a, a bad fruit. Yeah. But I think with meat, it always smells a bit funky. It always smells a bit like sulfurous. Also, it, it takes a long time for vegetables to actually turn. Yeah. So there's one experience where I've okay, so I've dumped the dive once. Yeah. And it was an enjoyable experience. Yeah. It was a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a shop. I don't know if you can name names. There's a Go for it, name names. <laughs> <laughs> there's an eco. Yeah. In Uppsala, about it, they do encourage dumpster diving. Oh, nice. So there was one evening that my friend dropped me a text and was saying, do you want to go dumpster diving? So I was like, yeah, let's give it a go. So we went into an, it was an open door. 
and we walked in and there was several bins just opening them some of them it was definitely spoiled yeah. but then we came across gold yeah. I found a whole bin just full of broccoli nice it must have been like 800 grams worth of broccoli in there yeah it was, it was ridiculous <laughs> so I took a couple yeah and I didn't even eat them for two days yeah and they were still good yeah so, you can put put in the freezer as well. Like if you if you hit the jackpot, you can have broccoli for months. Just yeah. putting it most of it in the freezer, and I think that's a, an exciting part about dumpster diving as well. That it's you don't know what you're gonna find, and then every now and again you you get come across these uh, these uh, treasures. So what do you think about dumpster diving, David? So I'm I'm just filled with questions because I've never dumpster dived before. So yeah. I have more questions for you guys. I think what you said, Kalle, about the smell earlier was quite interesting. How yeah. humans know what if it smells bad that we shouldn't eat it. Yeah, I like guess a pretty basic concept that yeah. everyone abides to. Um, and I guess the biggest stereotype about dumpster diving is that it's going to be disgusting and smell very bad and be a horrible experience in general. Yeah. So when both of you have dumpster dived, has it been stinky and, and grimy? What's it been like? Like for me, it wasn't. It's never been really stinky. It's like you smell every something every now and again, but mostly it's, it can be a bit like mushy and grimy. The, the mm-hmm. things that you sift through, uh, but you you get over it. I think it's um, it's a very small nuisance. Mm-hmm. I think you get used to it very fast. Okay. Yeah. So how how often do you dumpster dive? Um, now it's been a while, but once a month okay. about once a month and it's um, yeah, it's it's good when you can you know get together a bunch of friends and you can have a car and it's way easier because mm-hmm. uh, then you can go to uh, many different stores and you can also go to the ones in the suburbs because it's usually easier in the suburbs because the dumpsters are outside and not locked in somewhere because if if you have to like uh, jump the fence or uh, I get through a door, then it becomes risky, then it becomes illegal. Yeah. 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 So I think there's one main question that we haven't answered yet. Besides the, you know, there's lots of free food. Uh, yeah. Why Why do people dumpster dive? What, what is the incentive behind clambering into grimy bins and searching for food? Um, I think it's maybe two reasons. So ahead. for me, I'm a student and food's expensive. So I wanted, so it's there, there's economic reasons of, reasons of it. Also, I'm doing an environmental degree, and it's, yeah, it pains me to see all that food go to waste because I don't know like what what will happen to it. Will it just go to a landfill? So, so yeah. So my my main reason is the environmental side. I think mm-hmm. because these these shops still do discount the food before it sells. I agree. It's um, both the, the money saving part of it, but it's um, it also feels really nice to save that food from the landfill and uh, make sure it goes to good use because it's, it's just really sad all the the food that gets wasted it's just horrible and it's nice to be a part of a, a movement in society that's trying to uh, mitigate that so do you think it should be encouraged definitely you can see examples of that uh, in other countries where they've changed certain laws and etc and that makes me very happy. I, I hope that will happen more in Sweden. Uh, politicians and um, 
people in, in the mainstream start getting more interested in dumpster diving and uh, start promoting it more. So what's really. the legality issues? Is it legal in Sweden? It's it's kind of a gray area because it's um, like I mentioned earlier. If you if you have to, you know, jump a fence or uh, you know open a door, it's uh, it's illegal because you're trespassing. Uh, but as as long as you're not trespassing, it's it's not illegal. But then I've heard about some places where people dumpster dive and they make a mess and they throw food on the ground and 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 all that, and then the owners get mad and they put like gravel or some chemicals on the food so no one can dumpster dive so i think it's very important to dumpster dive responsibly and like leave it uh, as you found it so so i saw an article from 2007 um and it was talking about dumpster diving in the uk yeah i think back then it was it had the same connotations it was legal but there was that gray area of trespassing and the shops used to put blue dye or bleach into Uh. it for them they there was that concern that if someone does eat the food and then gets ill from the food, yeah. then the person will sue. It yeah. might be a cultural thing. Yeah, like, UK doesn't have that suing culture. No, as much as some countries. I yeah. don't think Sweden has that. No, we don't. It is, and it sounds like ridiculous. Like if you if someone throws something away and then you eat it, then you like bear the responsibility. It's because <laughs> you you've chosen to consume that product. And yeah, so it's it falls on you. Exactly. And uh, in Sweden, we don't have the legal system which allows for pursuing left and right (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i think it's a lot harder i think it's sad that that is the reason that supermarkets choose to spoil the the product they've thrown away because there's this fear that consumers will get sick it just feels like such a bad reason to to spoil waste and throw chemicals on it yeah gravel but there are as you said sunil there are cases of people being prosecuted for for dumpster diving it's usually um, only for the trespassing reasons, mm-hmm. but still, they get fined a fair amount of money. Mm-hmm. But then going, going back to the shops, what, what could they do better? You mentioned some yesterday. Yeah, karma. Yeah, that's a, a wonderful initiative. It's um, instead of just binning the food when it's uh, like at a restaurant or at a cafe or something, they put it, they write on this app called Karma. And then people can come and buy that food for like fifth of the price or something. And that way they get to sell the food and, you know, approach a more like zero waste, zero food waste future. And I think that's a great example of how things can change for the better and how um, you can put systems in place that gives companies an incentive not to just waste that food. Because I think in, in the long run, you really need to put uh, the right incentives in place because if the like the the companies are not going to waste money on something if it if they doesn't better their image or give them some kind of revenue and that's the that's the thing with karma it's a financial incentive yeah which i think makes it so effective yeah because there there have been and there, i think there are plenty of organizations that do this that use expired food to cook for the homeless yeah and that's obviously also fantastic but some companies may not be interested in putting in the extra resources to, to fund something like that. So karma provides a, a very easy way for them to make extra nav- revenue and get rid of waste as well. Yeah. But yeah. My, what I think with karma, the, it's not really an issue, but because karma has become so popular, it's, I find it's often quite hard to get food on karma yeah. because it gets sold so quickly. 
Yeah. That's a good thing, though. Yeah, it's, it's not good for me, but it's you know good in general. Yeah. I still want discounted food, but <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a movement or a company in the UK called the Real Junk Food Project, and they do a similar thing to Karma, but without the financial benefit. They use almost expired food or expired food, and it gets sent to a warehouse, and then they they start making food with it and either sell it to the homeless or do the pay as you feel approach so maybe if more companies did that people wouldn't need to dumpster dive at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i i think it's uh, like on the um, people need to take responsibility to put a bit of pressure on the companies to uh, make the companies realize that um people like when there's no waste or that we really like initiatives like the, the real junk food food project yeah i think if uh, someone created a um, certified, you can be a certified grocery that ensures that the food doesn't go to waste, that it goes to feeding the homeless or... Do you think the government should incentivize it or impose restrictions or fines on companies that are wasting a lot? Yeah, yeah, I think they should. But I, I think in order to bring that, in order to bring about that change, we need to start with people and trying to spread awareness and uh, spread ideas about how you can change things. Because I think almost everyone realizes how much food we waste, but and not all people realize what they can do differently. Not all people realize that they can buy food on Karma or that they can, um, I don't know, eat that broccoli that looks a little bit crooked, even mm-hmm. though it looks crooked. Or that they can put more pressure on on grocery stores and restaurants to and not waste as much food. I find it ironic that dumpster diving has this this label of being unclean and, and yeah. rebellious as well, which it is to a certain extent, um, because it it's existed before dumpster diving and and it has has its roots in in the nineteen sixties with a the left movement and with the hippies and the whole zero waste thing. Mm. But it's been around before that as well with serfs using leftover crops from fields and being allowed to consume those crops mm. because farmers weren't able to sell their produce or, or use it for themselves. And it was actually often a legal right for serfs to be able to do this. So how it's turned from something that was natural and, and was legal as well and yeah. is now have become something that's illegal and often... Again, supermarkets take measures against people doing. Yeah. So it's an interesting transition, and maybe it'll transition again into being something that's supported. Yeah. What about regulations about consuming food that's been come from, that comes from a dumpster? So, at the moment, I think dumpster diving has a connotation that it's done by poor people. But what if restaurants started just using food that's going to go to waste? Because I think we're happy with. The idea of dumpster diving, but what about upper middle class and the rich people of Sweden? The the yeah. certification that Kjellan mentioned, I think yeah. that's where that comes in. If you if you can have a certification that promotes those restaurants and provides them with a, a new image and allows restaurants to brand themselves in a different way, it could even become a, a, a status thing to go at a restaurant that is zero waste. Because like even like if you are a bit paranoid and you only want to eat you know eggs that are a week old or something, if you go to a certified like zero food waste restaurant, you can still eat that food, but you can rest easy that the eggs that 
stay on the shelves for another two weeks that they would also you know reach someone's stomach instead of a bin somewhere mm -hmm. people will still be able to be picky if they want but uh, i hope that the general consensus would change that people will will feel more good about themselves if they eat in a restaurant or buy their food in a grocery store where they know that they they won't ret they won't waste the the food that gets a bit too old everyone can jump on board this uh, this movement it's interesting because the responsibility falls on the restaurant then yeah. the certification and you, you don't have to take the decision yourself like you two have done in the dumpsters yeah <laughs> getting mucky in the dumpsters <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Because then it will be space for like uh, people who want to get their hands dirty and dive in dumpsters, and then people who just want to eat a meal in a restaurant in a more guilt-free way. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be nice for everyone to be able to take part of this like zero food waste movement. But then, if this takes off and the certification happens, and the whole of Sweden is zero waste, there'll be nothing in the dumpsters. And will that is that a good thing? Because then we'll, <laughs> we're monetizing it, so people who can't afford to buy it from the restaurants now can't even find it in the dumpsters anymore. Yeah, I think I think it will be a good thing. <laughs> like for me it will be bad. Like all my favorite dumpster diving places will be, you know, cleaned out. But uh, I think in in the long run if if it becomes the norm, I think we'll have like better uh, sy systems in place to divide the like dumpster dive food better. For instance in uh, in France uh, they've made laws pretty recently that uh, grocery stores can't throw away food that's not bad so they have to give it to charities and that's one way of doing it because then the charity like distributes it evenly among like people in need and whatnot and it's not the one who happens to dumpster dive right after they've thrown the food away so i think as it becomes more of a mainstream movement it will be more organized and it will be easier to to spread it around uh, more fairly. I think a minority would, would find, if it becomes more mainstream, as you said, so, you know, there, it would be a minority that would be angry. That yeah. Every dumpster is on. I'll be a bit pissed. Yeah. Be, because it will be a bummer because I won't get as much nice dumpster diet food, but uh, it's like I'll be way, it will be outweighed a lot by the, the happiness of knowing that it's a growing movement and that it's changing the world. Yeah. So. I hope that more people think that way as well. Yeah. And that people don't resist the <laughs> mainstream dumpster. Yeah. Movement. But you, uh, you mentioned something earlier, Kalle, about uh, stores that sell expired food at discounted prices. Could yeah. Could you give some examples? Um, like there's a um, chain in, uh, in Sweden called Matrebellen. This is one example, and then there's Överskottsbolaget. Uh, so um, they're good because they're it's allowing people to buy cheap food that need to buy cheap food, and it's also um, stopping a lot of uh, food waste. I think it's a very good like first move in a more zero food waste direction. Do you know where they source their food from? Uh, from more of the like mainstream grocery stores like Ika and Coop and uh, Hemshop because a lot of the time they would the big grocery chains will buy a new uh, product and then market it and a lot of the time they don't sell all of it because mm -hmm. it's a bit of a gamble with a new product and a lot of these um, surplus 
food stores like Montrebel and they, they have a lot of that kind of food. Do you think that um, the, the idea of best before dates and use by dates should be re-evaluated completely? Because canned foods, they last, I don't know, like five or ten years probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but they, they have a best before date. Salt has a best before date. <laughs> yeah, so like, maybe this is one of the problems as well. Yeah. I, I, I do think we need to um, rethink uh, the way we view expiry dates. I think it's good in Sweden because we have the best before dates and not the expiry dates. Because ex- when you say something expires, it sounds like it goes bad after that day. Like it could be dangerous eating it after that day. But if you think about it that it's best before that date or that it's, you know, or 100% sure that it's not bad. Like even if you have no taste buds or sense of smell or... If you can't see very well, you could eat that product and be pretty sure that it's not going to make you sick. So I think we need to change the way we view it and see it more as a pretty vague guideline of how the food is doing and not a a law that it's bad after a certain uh, date. Do you think we've lost that kind of traditional knowledge of knowing when a tomato is off compared to when it's just bad or yeah. when it, because you walk around eco or willies for any of these shops yeah and yeah they, they they do all look completely pristine yeah and we're we now associate that with what food should always look like yeah mm-hmm. there was that movement ugly food the ugly food movement what's that could you explain more so before food goes towards a shop they get sorted to fit the company's regulations and like the company's guidelines of what it should look like. Like you mentioned earlier, so so much, so much of it just gets tossed even before it hits the shelves. So this is before the dumpster. So there was a shop, I think it was in France, that opened up an ugly fruit shop, which was, I think, 25% cheaper than all the other vegetables. Mm-hmm. And they went almost instantly. Nice. And then a lot of other shops in the UK started following suit because they realised they can shift this this unused food yeah. or this potentially wasted food. So I, I want to see more of that because within the supply chain of food, so much food gets wasted from when it's being picked to before it goes on the boat yeah. and before that when it arrives in the port, some gets taken away and then before it gets to the supermarket, another portion gets taken away. Yeah. So, so much food is lost along the supply chain. Yeah. I think it's, it's very important that you bring that up that it's not just in the stores like you said it's it's along the entire like chain of from from the farm to the to plate to the plate yeah yeah it's unfortunate because not only does it affect the environment because it increases waste but it's also decreased profits for for companies and supermarkets yeah who as you said with the, the example in france that they can actually make money off of this food yeah. Even though it is blemished or distorted and it doesn't look perfect. But do you think food is too cheap at the moment? Do you think if it had a higher value, people would not consider wasting it as much? Interesting. Because we're in, we're, we're, we're in Europe um, and a lot of food subsidised and a price of a meal, okay, maybe not in Sweden, 
but and then maybe, maybe even Sweden. Like you can get bananas that comes from the other side of the world, and it's like ten crowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas, I th- I, remember, I remember seeing a news article where, comparatively, a plate of rice and beans in Sweden will cost maybe ten crowns, but in Sudan it's like one hundred and fifty mm-hmm. or two hundred because it's relational to their to their pay packet. I think it's an interesting question because you then you get into the topic of like a carbon tax should be added for for shipping, for example. Yeah. Bananas. I mean, it is cheaper in in Sweden to buy bananas in a place where it's produced, but that's because not all the inputs are included, right? You still have the the cost of shipping or flights or whatever, yeah. and the emission value from that supply chain isn't included in the price of that. So I think that should be included to create incentives. I don't know if it's food is too incentive cheap. Incentive or just or deter? Like opposite, you, opposite of an incentive, a decentive, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But then would you only try and shop local then? Absolutely. I think it would, and I think people would because of the, the price difference. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of the cheap food, it's, it's just people think it's cheap, that it's, uh, you're only paying this small amount of money for it and then no one else is paying for it. But I think people need to realize that like the, environment is paying for it a little bit and mm-hmm. like the poor uh, farmer in Sudan is paying for it or there's many other people or uh, things that pay for that cheap food to make it that cheap so I, I think definitely it's, it's good to be consume more local mm-hmm. food can even subsidize local food as well yeah yeah I think that's a great great way forward what about you Sunil what do you think you think I'm, I'm all for that but we live in Sweden <laughs> we eat potatoes and pickled herring all year but um, because I, I used to get a food box delivered to my house or near my house from a CSA garden a community something association yeah. do you know about these boxes no you pay a certain amount a month um, and then you get locally organic food grown from a farm to deliver to your house and it's all seasonal nice and I'm trying to move more towards that, eating a bit more seasonally. Mm-hmm. Because it makes you get a bit more excited about the food as well. Yeah. So the last few months have been okay. It's been a lot of cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> but in a few months' time, there'll be a lot more asparagus. There'll be a lot yeah. more summer fruits. Yeah. And, you, and it's made me really change my diet. I suppose yeah. you're, you're forced to be creative with what ingredient, ingredients you can use. So. Of course. Yeah. But that... I, I think that's a trend within the the restaurant world as well. How um, Nordic cuisine has, I don't want to say taken the restaurant world by storm, but it's mm-hmm. become a lot more popular worldwide. It was a Swedish restaurant for the first time ever that received three Michelin stars very recently. Yeah, and I know that within the Nordic cuisine world, there's this movement of, or general movement of using seasonal foods, and so and locally sourced as well. Also foraged. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that in Sweden. That, um, what's, what's the name what's it called in Swedish the way you, it, you can pick anything Almanslagen in in 10 years where where do you see the dumpster diving movement and the like zero food waste movement going I I, I, I think and I I, well, I hope and I think that um, apps like Karma yeah are, are going to be a lot more popular because 
specifically karma is quite new and I'm pretty sure they don't have uh, much competition in the market so more apps will enter the market that tweak it in different ways and people start using other apps and so forth and eventually they'll you'll reach a stage of perfect competition where you have apps that people use on a daily basis and once that receives more traction then the ideals of zero waste can be integrated into people's daily lives and also the restaurant world and the supermarket world and so i i I think that the main whereas i think the three of us are probably motivated by more environmental concerns and, and morals i think that the financial incentives are are too big to ignore for for companies and and restaurants and whatnot. So I think it's just a matter of time. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree. I think, especially in Sweden, a country with a fantastic social system, um, having, like, needing to dumpster dive means some people are hungry. So being able to get rid of food waste and then having a social system set up that the hungry can get it somewhere else and taking that risk away from the dumpsters and putting more into more almost regulated hands. Yeah. That could be a fantastic idea. I think Sweden's definitely a bastion where this could take off mm-hmm. with other Nordic countries to follow suit because it seems to lead the world in most sustainable efforts. And as you said, especially with the startups, mm-hmm. the startup concepts in Sweden, and I think technology will play a big part as well. Yeah. Do you think it will be a quick change? Like in, in 10 years, do you think it will still be a fringe? Or do you think it will be the mainstream to like not waste any food? I think more people will know about it. So as we were speaking about the certifications and standards, when fair trade came out, I remember they had a lot of promotions and now everyone knows what fair trade is. Yeah. Same with the Rainforest Alliance, same with all these kind of standards. In Sweden, you've got crab. Mm-hmm. And outside of Sweden, I didn't know what it was but everyone in Sweden knows about that and you know that if you buy crab it's food that's better for the environment I think once you start seeing things labelled on this and once you've got big companies I don't know like Nestle or Marabou maybe Marabou could do this yeah. those big Swedish companies if they start getting involved because you, you need you need the, in, in the industry backing for the yeah. certifications for sure definitely I think it's also in, in those companies best interest considering you know corporate social responsibility and yeah, and you know all companies want to look yeah. good, so that the people buy their products more. Yeah. So that I think this is just another way for them to attract other customers and yeah. appeal to more people. I think it would be a carrot more than a stick there. So you have to yeah. incentivize people to do it just to boost their public image, as opposed to shame companies that are doing zero waste. Very good point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And if, if we can show companies how they can make profits out of food they would otherwise just throw away then it'll like they'll have no choice but to to go along with the the movement perfect thank you Kalle, for joining us today and for giving us your opinions on dumpster diving and sharing your stories thank you very much for uh, for having me it's a pleasure anytime <laughs> thank you Thank you for listening to the Siani podcast. Feel free to get in touch with any questions. You can find us on Twitter at Siani Agri or online at siani.se.